Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the B3 Big Boss Babble podcast. I didn't want to do the full name this week. To be honest, I forgot. But anyway, let's crack on anyway. So I'm here with uh, two Dans this week. We've got uh, Dan S. Hello, Terry J. <laughs> and Dan O.D. No, O.R. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Hello. <laughs> and of course, it's Mr. Toby. Hello. Um, yes, we're back. Sorry about last week. We were we were very busy people, but we are back again this week, and uh, we're going to get straight into it with uh, Heat Signature. I believe you've been playing that this week, Toby? Yes, Heat Signature has come out now. Been out a week, I believe now, and it's great. So basically, Heat Signature is a bounty hunter in space. You get thrown out of windows a lot. It's very, very good. I've been thrown out of some windows, but I've recently discovered the joy of firing yourself out of windows yes, and holes in, holes in ships as well, because you can shoot these explosive canisters that they obviously have in vulnerable locations around the ship, and when it blows up, it obviously kills anyone near it, but if it's on a, near an exterior, well, actually, regardless of where it is, it just tears a hole in the side of the ship, and you can then make a rapid escape, and I, I, I played about three hours of it uh yesterday and i played a little bit earlier on and everything's kind of starting to fall into place it's a little bit more like hitman it's a little bit more like games like that where what starts off as panicking later becomes a skill and a an ability yeah you start learning the movements to yeah. replicate and you find your because it's very much like once again hitman in that it's a game of gadgets and a bit like Dishonored as well. It's a game of gadgets rather rather than a game of uh, unlockable skills. So you kind of start finding out, oh, yeah, I can actually use these teleporters. Oh, yeah, this, this hacking and this shutting down thing is actually quite useful. So all of the easy, easy ships now I can do without breaking a sweat. You know, I can, yeah. just, I can just run through a run through a door, pull out my silence long-range assault rifle, shoot that guy, then dash into that other guy with a sword and then throw a wrench at that guy and stab him as well and just clear out these simple ships in, you know, what is probably about 15, 20 seconds. Oh, you're one of those murderous people. Oh. <laughs> well, that, that kind. You can, uh, you can knock everyone out as well. The concussion weapons are really good, actually. Yes, they're great. So you can do it entirely stealth, then, can you? Yeah, well, yeah. Get a yeah. silenced, concussive, quick-firing shotgun, which is just beautiful. Not very useful against the armoured enemies that start cropping up on the later. True, but you can just ignore them. I've heard some of the, uh, like some bits about this game, because uh, someone I work with has been playing it. And uh, I asked them to try and describe it to me. And they said, it's, they asked me, do I like Hotline Miami? And I said, yes. And they said, well, it's sort of like that. And I, do you, would you agree on that? Terry made that comparison while we were getting very excited about it before it came out. Right, and... so certain parts of it are, aren't they? Like, the on-the-ship parts play very similarly to Hotline Miami. It, it looks like it, but... It's it... less of the memorizing the bottom movements and it, yeah you don't replicate yourself over and over remember like do this 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 and this but it's yeah the top down quick firing shooter yeah yeah so it's, it's a very much the same sort of gameplay style but like wildly different in terms of content i guess the pace is different and the structure is different because every ship that you get on the enemies are in different locations right uh whereas in hotline miami each level that you go to is a set layout yeah and there are going to be enemies either on this route or that route there's a little bit of variety but whereas in this you have to stop kind of analyze look what you're going to do and as well as that there's a there's a kind of technical level to it where you need to get key cards or hack doors and you can hack turrets and turn them against the enemies and if you sneak up on people then you, you don't have to worry about certain things and it it's just it it's it's pretty cool and like I said about the pace, if you have a melee weapon, for instance, and you go into the kind of aiming mode, time halves in speed. So right. you can slowly approach a corner. As you get to the corner, a little icon appears on the person showing that you've locked onto them, and then you can release. There's less 
ambiguity in in your swings and your swipes. You can also pause the game at any point in time, perform an action, and that will unpause the game. You can also aim while paused. Yeah, so you could right. pause the game, click grenade so, launcher, so and then click it exactly. Then. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. It, oh. it just does it, you know. And then, you, but you can then pause the second it happens again and do another one. Right, so so you can sort of like tactfully work your way through the enemies without having to like sort of bodge it on the way through. Like you get yeah. one, and then another one comes at you, and then you have to sort of think or possibly get killed yourself, I guess. And you if can you pause want. and take yeah. your time to do it without sort of harming yourself or getting through a room in the best possible manner. Then yeah, or you can just wing it. I mean, wing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and when you add in some of the technology, like there's four different types of teleporters. There's one that teleports you for about two seconds and teleports you back. There's one that yep. teleports you where you're looking, or sorry, one that teleports you to a place within range as long as there's nothing blocking the way. There's one that swaps you out with somebody else. So if there's a group of four enemies standing somewhere, you might teleport yourself or swap places with one of them. So you're now standing with these three people. Hit pause shoot the guy next to you, smash the other one in the face with your massive hammer, and then hit pause again and shoot the other guy. And then go right. off and, go off and find the very confused person that you swapped place <laughs> with and finish him off. And and concussive hammer is great. It oh it's such a good weapon. And and he dash your character that he or she dashes or they just dashes so far as well. But when when it works, much like Hotline Miami, you get this amazing feeling of success. But uh, similar to Hotline Miami, I suppose, you still can only make one mistake. The difference is you can still recover a mission. Like, I stuffed up a mission earlier on. I got knocked out by a guy who had a shotgun. He took me to a window, and as Toby mentioned earlier, he vented me into space, at which point I then uh-huh. I took command of my little pod ship, flew over me, picked me back up, and then flew back to the ship, docked again, and went in and showed that guy what for and commandeered the ship. So, so can you remotely pilot your pod then to meet you at like a different exit and then make yeah, your way yeah, to yeah. that oh that that sounds pretty cool actually um in the short time we've been talking about it i've already installed it so because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds quite good um i shall play that at some point tomorrow i guess see what i find it's very good it, it sometimes you do need to just take a couple of easier missions just to get some money up to buy some equipment that you're used to using and then yeah. start tinkering with other equipment another time. There was a point where I went for about three or four people in quick succession, which I wasn't very ah. happy about, but I was fine after that. And I've, I've, you know, I've now liberated. Oh yeah. That's another thing. But yeah, I've now liberated probably about 15 or 16 of the, of the stations in the, in the galaxy. And I, I'm just about to shut out one of the four factions in the game, actually, and overthrow oh, them. And then, have you like, retired anyone yet? I retired one person. Uh, what you get to do is you get to name one of your items, yes. and it goes out onto the the Internet of Things, and people can find it. So, yeah, so is... a friend could find it in a chest or something. Yeah. So I, I named. I think it was there was a concussion. Shot. No, it was a concussion pistol that was silenced and rapid fire. So I, I gave it the name of my character and and something alliterative to go with it. So oh, I just that my wrench. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, wrench as well. It's that level of things. Like if you um, if you play as one of your characters and they get captured, you can later go and rescue them just naturally as a mission and then get access to them again. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so some I of your people can come back. I tried that earlier. What if? Because what happens is one of your next people then may get a personal mission, which are obviously the hardest missions in the game, but may get a personal mission to rescue their friend. But then if that person fails, then that character can no longer be got by that player. However, the char- all of my characters that are being kidnapped are now rattling around on the internet, and so you might rescue one of them with with that loadout and with that name. So, which is uh, interesting. Uh, it would. It would be it would be good if there was some kind of feedback saying, "Hey, your mate Toby just rescued this person. Do you remember them? You liberated three three systems with them." That'd be pretty cool. But I I don't know if that's implemented. Either way, it's still pretty cool. Just nice. The level of deepness and just like after a while, I don't know if you noticed yet, Dan, but 
if you've had a person for a long time, their liberation doesn't work as well because they're just so well known that people just like, oh, they did another thing. I don't really care. I'm not gonna. Yeah, the my liberation points are just docked. You get like thirty five percent. Yeah, my person who was trying to rescue my previous person who had been kidnapped, they were on. Yeah, uh, I think they were only having about thirty five percent effectiveness of the liberation because I'd. I'd done so many small missions to try and get money up quickly and to build up my favorite equipment that all of a sudden, obviously, it wasn't uh, having as much impact because everyone knows that they're a hero. It's, it's they're no longer a symbol of someone fighting oppression. They're they're just the same big group fighting oppression. But uh, but no, it's very interesting. I I get the feeling that there's a lot of stuff in the game that I've not done yet. I did have a look through some of the achievements to give me some ideas. Uh, there was, and so I kind of took on a couple of ideas from them. Uh, have you killed anyone with their own bullets yet? Oh yes, I've done that several times. That's very fun. Where you you swap places with them after yes. they fired a shot at you, and <laughs> so they shoot themselves. Uh, and the other thing that I did is we, uh, me, and the person I had rescued were on quite a violent. Ship, one of the ones where you've got kind of four or five people in bunches in in rooms around the ship, and they were all armored oh, and had those, oh, those stu- the stupid shields on them. Uh, and so we just uh, popped a window open and bent it into space, and I used the escape pod to pick both of us up, and that counted as well. So but actually, could you use that to take get rid of um? If you want us to capture an armored guy? Do that yeah. maybe? Oh, yeah. That would technically mean that you don't need to, yeah, knock them out. It's just getting them to that location. The other thing you could do is have you, I can't remember what it's called. Have you used the trap that teleports somebody to the location that you designate when they step on it? Yes. That works as well. I think. Yeah, that's it. Glitch trap. So I did that with somebody that I needed to kidnap. And I, I set it so that it was just outside the ship. So they ran after me stood on it, and then boom, they were outside. So I just went, got, got back in my capsule and flew over them. Mm-hmm. So that that totally worked. The other thing to consider is that it's not just these ships are levels. You can then fly around in those ships if you so wish. Yes, that's, that's uh, fun. You can go and bomb a place. And once you're in a ship, you can just set it to autopilot back, which is brilliant. And then you just hold down the F key and it just autopilots back, docks. Everything you haven't picked up is is there and then you're away i watched the video for it um whilst whilst you were talking about it and uh yeah it it opens immediately with the throwing someone out of a window but what if it was in space i imagine that's something you can do quite a bit or yeah the first thing in the game is you are thrown out a window oh really nice well i'll be playing that tomorrow then (laughs) Yeah. Tom France, if you want to, you want to hit us up. Got one self, yeah. Certainly sounds like a very interesting game, though. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out as well. I think. Anyway, let's move on. We've got a few a few things now about uh, the game Fortnite. So first up, well, let's, let's talk about Epic accidentally, in inverted commas, turning on cross-platform play. Now this was uh, a topic that George put on the list, but unfortunately he's not with us this week. Um, but yeah, this. How much of an accident do we think this is? A hundred percent. Not. Maybe not an accident. <laughs> They've said it was a configuration issue, according to Epic. Which is, is it that simple? And they managed to actually change a value in a string, or is it some unpaid intern who just wants to show the world, who just wants to make the world burn, <laughs> or make the world better? It's neither. It's Epic proving that they are still Epic Games. <laughs> they, you know, they, they've always kind of done stuff like this. They've always done things that people said weren't possible. And when people have tried to fight them on things, they've always kind of won, you know? I mean, their, their engine kind of faded away slightly uh, for a few years. And then you look at the end of the Xbox 360 generation everything was made in a modified Unreal Engine. And then you look at this generation, there's so many games being developed on the Unreal Engine. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did this just for the hell of it, because they 
they frankly know that I wouldn't say they're untouchable, but there's so many people using their software that not many people are probably going to argue with them. I guess exactly. <laughs> uh, what's Rocket? Isn't Rocket League made on the Unreal Engine? Uh, I oh, thought that was Unity. I thought it was Unity. One I think it's second. Unreal because it was a mod for Unreal Tournament, wasn't it? At first, let's have a look, shall we? It was but that Unreal mean... Engine Three. So there we go then. So basically, if the people who made the engine can do it, then there's no reason why we can't have cross-platform Life is Strange or cross-platform Rocket League. So do you think Life is Strange multiplayer? No, no, it's not, but I just thought I'd put it out there. (laughs) So do you you think this is basically Epic responding to Sony saying, hey, for Rocket League and Minecraft, that no, we don't want to do it? And Epic have just gone. Well, you don't. You're not the one who gets to make that choice. I think it's Epic proving that it was people not wanting to do it, rather than people. It is. It's more people saying it's not possible. Reasons rather than actual real. Why can't we do this? Reasons, I guess. Yes, I mean, people initially said. Oh, it can't be done. It's really quite complicated. We'll have you know. And then obviously Microsoft started saying, "Well, actually, it can be done." Because I mean, look, we're doing it here, there, and there. And Sony have obviously done it with a couple of games. Wasn't? Didn't the uh, Final Steam, Fantasy Steam Two? Uh, no, sorry, Portal Two had it uh, with Steam and PC. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it can be done. So uh, it's not new. I mean, what the first game I can remember that ever did it was Quake Three. And they had cross-play between PC and Dreamcast. Oh. Now, I suppose, technically speaking, you could say, well, the Dreamcast run Windows, which, yes, it did. <laughs> Wait, what? We, uh, Dreamcast ran on Windows CE. Oh. So, yeah. And oh. if you look back at the Dreamcast controller, you can kind of see where the Xbox controller came from. So the Xbox controller can be thanked to Sega. Um, but that's that's by the by. But yeah, I mean, cosplay's been around for so long, and I, I just think this is epic. Just saying, well, Sony's just it, this is them proving to the the masses that Sony doesn't control this. We can do it without them. They say so. So take what they say with a grain of salt. It is possible, and it's just them being rise up against. Yeah, rise up, fight the man. I agree. It's probably that. Excellent. So. Uh, sticking with the, uh, the the Fortnite topic, um, we've got obviously the the battle royale mode, which is well, it's, it's basically PUBG. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, we're building. Yeah, so that's that's going to be coming out, and it's going to be free of charge. But PUBG are not particularly happy about it. Do you want to take this one? Take this tape. Yes. So this is a race sticky situation, and right now. Nobody knows what's happening, but the basis is PUBG, I think it's now PUBG Core, because they've now made it a company, is suing Epic for various usage of PUBG's stuff in Fortnite. Ooh. Yeah, I mean... marketing, isn't it? This is just them going, hey, it's like PUBG, player squad. Yes. That That is basically it. Yeah, uh, that was pretty much the extent of the uh, email that I received because that was what was weird as well. The the uh, the player unknown complaint was sent was emailed out to press. It was emailed out to people before any conversation had been had between Epic and and player unknown, uh, which was very odd, a very strange way of doing it. But then they probably felt threatened because in their own opinion or in their in their opinion uh unreal or sorry epic were using image or imagery motifs whatever obviously inspired things from uh, player unknown battlegrounds to advertise their new game mode they were making obvious comparisons to it uh and that was that was what they initially took issue with. Mm. But if they're if they're saying like, um, oh, they they've like we we're, we're trying sort of similar to PUBG, like battle royale is technically just a genre of game, though, isn't it? 
I own yeah. that title of certain play style. You can't use this. I don't want. I don't want to share my toys with you. So, <laughs> I think the issue is more so, or at least the way that I read it as worded. The issue was that was that it was directly compared to it. I mean, yes, I I agree. This is just a subset of the third person survival genre or whatever, and it's now called battle royale. Or, and third person. It, Everyone plays it in first person these days. Yeah, okay, but it was third person to start with. Or whatever. Either way, this big survival genre, this is what this culminated in. Uh, And yeah, people will be like, yeah, it's a battle royale genre, blah, 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 blah. But this, I think what their argument is, is that this is like somebody saying, hey, we've made this game called Truck and it's just like Rocket League but with trucks you know that's I think from my understanding of the email the issue that was that was behind all of this is that there was a direct comparison to Player Unknown's Battleground hey if you're enjoying Player Unknown Battleground maybe you'll like our free game which is available to everyone blah 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 and we'll get you playing our game so they were trying to make the comparison to it and then hoping that the free-to-play, like like the fact that the game was free-to-play would bring people over from PUBG rather than playing that, I guess. Pretty much. That was the impression that I like, got. It's exactly the same. Why not play it for free instead? I mean, I I don't understand why they took so much offence from it because it is like the biggest game in the world at the minute. And, you know... League of Legends and Dota never kind of went to war with each other, or what was the other Dota thing as well? Wasn't there another? Wasn't there one that was actually the sequel? Uh, I don't play those games to know. I'm afraid. Well, Dota, no, Dota yeah. is technically Dota two, isn't it? Yes, it was. A That's the big one. The first Dota was Day of the Ancients, which was a Warcraft three mod. Yeah, it was a Warcraft three mod. Wasn't there a Blizzard or a Blizzard? To... Oh, um, Heroes of the Storm. That's is that, oh, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it, it's like if they had gone to war with each other on the grounds of yeah. on the grounds of that. It it's an issue because they're they're similar to one another, but then you don't get horror movies taking each other to court for being similar to one another, and you don't get so you thought that movie was scary. Try watching this scene as a legal infringement on IP. Yeah, it's it's because it, like what you say, it, this isn't, you know, it's not a very specific thing. It's basically a genre. You can't copyright a genre. It'd be like Doom suing Duke Nukem 3D. It's it's complete rubbish. And like, you know, how many how many games get get touted as a Metroidvania game? That's referring to two different games <laughs> that uh, they like about fifty a day. Exactly. So is is it just because PUBG think they're the new hot sh- on the market and they can get away with it? They should be called Wonderdoes, not um, not Metroidvanias. They should be called Wonderdoes after Wonder Boy and Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this it 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 seems to me it's one of those things because obviously Player Unknown was developed by a guy who used to just make mods, and all of a sudden he's got this massive success. And to me, it just seems with that has come the ego. And has come that mindset that thinks he can just get away with stuff like this. Now, there's an issue here in separating the company from the individual. Uh, that there, there is an issue here. Uh, I think it's going to continue going on, but I, I suspect that a lot of this is a case of a legal team, or because they've got a publisher, haven't they? Is it Blue Hole? It's now Pub PUBG Core. If they're in sub company now. Gotcha. Okay, uh, but yeah, they no doubt have a legal team, and they no doubt have a couple of chaps in suits now, who say oh, no, we well. need to protect the profits, you know. Mm. And so I think there's going to be a point where player unknown, the person, is going to have to be separated from these issues. I I don't know whether this is one of the ones where this was nothing to do with him. I know that the banning a while back because of the team killing was obviously directly to do with him, but I don't know whether whether this is to do with it. What I would say as well, uh, while we're talking about 
people having trouble with the engine that they're using who happen to be Epic. The last time somebody tried to go against Epic on touchy ground, on odd, unstable ground, was Dennis Dyack, wasn't it, with Silicon Knights? Yes, I remember. I don't recall that. Something about that. Basically, this is this is the guy that made Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, which remains one of the best games ever made. Yes, yes, it he does. He then started work on a trilogy, which was Too Human, which was promised, you know, massive promise, really positive looking game. The game was the game was great as well, but when it came out, a lot of people were like, "This isn't quite what we were expecting. What's going on?" And at some point. Uh, Silicon Knights had cracked open the engine, uh, the Unreal Engine, and noticed that there were certain bits in there that that developers couldn't access, but that obviously Epic would be able to access it because they had the uh, had full access to the engine. And part of the terms and conditions says you can't crack open the engine. So, Dyak and Co then went after Epic and said, look, you've given us permission to use this engine, but you've locked away features. How can we compete with you? You've got a monopoly, essentially, because when you're using your engine, you can use a special version. And that's not right. That's not what was pitched. And, you know, it it seemed like a pretty good, like a pretty solid case, although obviously a lot of people saw it as whinging and trying to get money for nothing. Uh, And then obviously... Epic turned around and went, well, actually, for you to have figured that out, you would have needed to have broken the terms of service. And that resulted in Silicon Knights going completely under, two human being pulled from every shelf everywhere, uh, new at least. Obviously, there's second-hand copies rattling around and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. I think the the rights to two human are now with Epic. Uh, You know, they don't mess about. They're a company that have been around for a good few years. I suppose they're a bit like the Bethesda legal team uh, who, you know, if you look at them a bit funny, they they, they will do what they can to uh, to make sure that the, the fence is firmly planted, as it were. Well, I mean, I mentioned this to, to Toby earlier. Um, don't Epic have some kind of weird licensing agreement that says basically if it's made with Unreal Engine, they can pretty much do anything they're damn well pleased with it? So if a, even if a game is is using Unreal Engine, they can copy it. They can do whatever they they want really with the the stuff that's built with it. Like Bethesda owning any mod that's made for their games, or Minecraft being able to steal any ideas from mods that are made from their games because technically it's theirs. I As... think because of because of the way they update, it's it it's very much comes across as the same with Unity and other things as well. Because in the terms and conditions, it says we can affect and we can maintain and we can copy parts of your fire uh, parts of your project because we need to do this to update and i think it's a- ambiguous uh so that may well be in there i it's not something i've i've heard anybody say for definite it's in there but it makes sense that they do have permission to copy and duplicate and take ideas from the files because if there's an issue and there needs to be an update then all of those actions are part of what actually happens to files when they're updated. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is going to be definitely interesting. If, if PUBG do go through with the court case, it'll be interesting to see how it comes out. Cause I, I do believe that the Epic will just basically just slap them down and go, ha, you used our engine. We can do what the hell we want. <laughs> and, get rid of, and just get them laughed out of court. Which, I mean, technically, I suppose, is a bit of a shady thing, but you shouldn't really be going around suing people for trying to make a game in the shame genre of yours. Well, you know, what the, uh, you know what the solution will be, don't you? What's that? The same as the DayZ one. All of a sudden, we'll see, them, dis- uh, we'll see them announce that they're working on their own engine. They've hired <laughs> X and Y and Z from this place, this place, and this place, and hey, it's the old Crytek devs, and we're making it on Amazon Lumberyard now. Oh please, fix the engine, please. And so they'll they'll start this new this new project, and then you know, I guess we'll see what happens to the user base. But I know that Daisy petered away, didn't it? Not only with the initial split from being a mod to being a dedicated project, but with the fact that everything took some time to get implemented. Yeah, well, it's definitely going to be interesting to keep an eye on. 
Anyway, another another one for Toby now coming up. Steam are now going to, or Steam are potentially going to be selling games in Aussie dollars. And Toby, you actually came across a new a little, new little updated bit of info earlier. Yes. So apparently, it was a dev um, War of the Overworld. We was currently getting around, getting ready to launch on Steam soon. And they got a update that the pricing doodads that Steam has has been updated to include Australian dollars, along with a a lot of other ones that I haven't heard of. What is a Kuwati? Kuwati dinner. You can soon buy games in Kuwati dinars. Yes, so it's not released yet, but several devs have come forth and said, yes, this is going to happen soon. Steam has not seemed to have made any comment yet, but and according to price changes, it'll be cheaper in Australia, which is great news for Australian gamers. Definitely, because I know you've been getting screwed over prices for yep. many, many years now. Prices and its physical shipping fees. Yeah. Is that is that still the case then? You just simply don't get a lot of games physically? I still get them, but, you know, it's, I presume if I lived somewhere, if games were a little bit cheaper, I'd logically buy more or just have more cash elsewhere. I know it'd be very hard to work out where I'd put my money if I had a few more dollars in a savings account. But yes. <laughs> nah, never in a savings account. <laughs> Under the mattress. More games. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully games will be a bit cheaper, which hopefully might it'd probably allow Australian devs to be a bit more, I don't know. It's good though. I mean, a big part of that update from the developer as well was uh, an update to the pricing matrix because what happens is that normally the developer sets their price on a local level and then everything's run through a matrix and rounded or loss or whatever to get the regional price, which is why Australia used to be stung. What were you paying in before? Uh, USD. Yeah, uh, so you were getting stung with the conversion rate even though the pricing in america was probably relative to you know the other stuff on the matrix so yeah uh really the important thing is that you've been added to the you've been added to the pricing matrix and presumably they will actually pay attention to conversion rates hopefully yeah which would be nice but then it would also be nice if uh rather than traditional conversion rates they actually looked at kind of the the average income of people in in a country before they did stuff like that instead because you look at some of the places on the eastern side of uh, the eu they're getting completely stung on on game prices because they work for because there's no kind of minimum wage in the eu as a collective it's still done on a national level so some people might be earning you know, three and a half euros an hour. And then Germany, they're earning seven and a half euros an hour as a, as a minimum wage. And so it's costing twice as much. You know, it's it's two hours work to get the game uh, or one hour's work if you're working in Germany before you even take conversion rates and, and, and flux and, and matrixes into consideration. That would be nice to see, I, I guess, on this note. In that vein, uh, the... There do seem to be a few other places. The Ukrainian, I'm not even going to pronounce that. Is Kazakhstan in the EU? I'm not sure. It's uh, not, no. No. That would be a big point of contention. <laughs> That's interesting, though, so yeah. More games is always good. Less your Steam and and its games is. Yeah, and if it, if it helps out Aussie, Aussie devs as well, it's it's all the better as well, I think. Especially, I'd just like to put a shout out right now to Sidebar Games. They're an Aussie dev. They've just released Golf Story on the Switch, and it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I've seen nothing but good things about that game. They are going to be very surprised when they get their first check from Nintendo, I think. So, yeah. I, and rightfully so. Do we know if this is a, a full-on exclusive to the Switch, or is it coming out elsewhere? I was, under the, impression, I was under the impression it was going to be on other platforms, but... Uh, but what do I know? Ha 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 ha! Although they've not updated their website because it still says coming soon to Nintendo Switch. Oh, <laughs> that's not a good maybe, sign, is it? <laughs> maybe, maybe they're just in sheer panic. Yeah. 
People like it. <laughs> it's a golf game. We were just meant to throw it away. <laughs> People love their golf games. It's it's such an odd sport, but but yeah, it's it's like when you have a hyper realistic golf game, you can't you can't sell more than fifteen copies of it. But the second you're like, <laughs> yeah, but these these guys have got really cool eyes, and look, this this person's got an awesome hat. Then people are like, "Yeah, I want this golf game." Yeah. Did anyone ever buy like PGA or something like that? I did it? when I was younger. I had PGA Tour on well, Super what, Nintendo. What was the other ones on like PS2, like Tiger Woods Pro yeah. Golf or something? We well, had PGA Tour like that though, eventually because that was the EA game that eventually became Tiger Woods Golf. Yeah, it, so it's, they were the I official ones. I think it's Masters now. I think it's PGA Masters. It I had, thought that uh, one was Rory. Yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't think his name was on the box. I thought they kind of got rid of putting names on the boxes after that. I don't. I don't. Any sports games. I don't do realistic ones. I like fun ones. That's why. And golf's been on my mind recently because golf stories come out, and then a couple of weeks ago, everybody's golf was out as well. So Uh, it was Tiger Woods PGA Tour on like PlayStation Two. They. They slowed down selling while I was in the shops. They slowed down selling massively in those last... In well, I'm not surprised. How, how much different could you get from one golf game to another? Oh, yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's obviously the generic EA Sports as well. Yeah. Well, you know. It's, I mean, they, they, they were trying out the gimmicks. They did have like... Uh, you remember there was a year where all of the EA Sports games had voice commands, so you could shout at it. And then yeah. they were all trying to use the connect, and then they were all trying to use motion sensors, and then everything <laughs> about uh, physics. So there, there, there was some improvement on it, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I've got I've got a list of the new currencies that have been added. Uh, Just like there was always an improvement on every FIFA game that came out, but you know, defense, defense. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I don't know. Uh, it looks like the it looks like currencies for Vietnam, Ukraine, Australia, obviously, Poland, Argentina, Israel, Kazakhstan, Kuwait, Qatar, Costa Rica, and Uruguay have been added. I'm learning new stuff today about places and their currencies. Go, you go, man, you go, go you. <laughs> Excellent, right. Let's move on to our next subject, which isn't 100% gaming-related, but is, I suppose, gaming-hardware-related. And that is VR pornography. Oh, no. no, no the, uh, the <laughs> what are you saying, oh, no, for, Toby? You put this on the list. <laughs> this is all on you. Yes, but how am I going to do this without... Uh, anyway, yes. <laughs> how am I lucky that Trumpster meme-lording... Uh, post-Oculus guy has set about trying to start VR pornography as an industry, which is, it's been around for a while. Nobody's going to come out and say it, but VR pornography has been around for a while. It seems to be doing okay, and he wants to push it, and he wants to create standards and protocols and... And hardware. Yes, and hardware. (laughs) More specifically... A giant industrial robotic arm with haptic feedback, which is, it sounds like the start of Skynet. Are we going to be taken over, not by Terminators, but by sex bots? Oh, oh, mate, can you imagine if that thing malfunctioned halfway through? Just rip your nuts off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, that'd be an interesting autopsy. For some reason, in, in, my, in my head now, I'm just, I'm just envisioning the, the fembots from Austin Powers. Oh. <laughs> With the with their sort of machine guns in their in their boobs. Yes. <laughs> when it goes wrong, we get a virus. <laughs> yes. His main point is that none of the big uh, VR companies are accepting or proponenting VR pornography. They should, and that someone needs to take charge of it. It's his main point. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't think is going to happen. On on the on the same subject, um, I know it's not everyone's favourite show. Um, it's not my favourite show either. But this brings me back to that episode of Big Bang Theory. Boo! That what? Yeah, I boo indeed. I only ever I saw it once whilst I was flicking through TV, 
And uh, there is an episode where that exact unfortunate event we were just speaking about happens. So I've that's I've just got the image of that in my head now. And well, I can look, only see bad things happening in the future if this becomes real. Yeah, well, we had a brief chat about this earlier. And um, there, there was a company a little while ago that had already created kind of a, a, a remote sex kind of thing. And it was basically based on a on a device that was uh, created for 3D artists. So when they were sculpting in 3D, they would actually get haptic feedback in 3D space from a sort of a stylus that was held by these sort of robotic arms. So they, so if they were, say, carving something, they could feel the object that they were carving when they were developing this. And they basically took one and shoved a fake vagina on one and a fake of, willy of on another one and had them talk to each other remotely and had sensors and things so you could have remote copulation. <laughs> So, the yeah, lengths people go to, I mean, you, you'd be disgusted, but... Sometimes like up to 12 inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm staying out of this conversation now. Yeah, I'm mean, curious as to how the mechanics of that work. Like, I, was... I don't even know where to start. How would they... I don't know, this, this, this will call for a few YouTube videos in the future. But... <laughs> you porn, more Terry... like. <laughs> It may turn to that, but Terry, you had a thing earlier about porn pushing new yeah. things. Um, I mean, yes, it, I mean, like they say, they you know, I can't remember what sex is the oldest industry in the world or something like that, and it does have a component of pushing certain types of hardware. Back in the day when there was Betamax and VHS, Betamax refused to put porn on it, so VHS won. The same thing happened between Blu-ray and HD DVD. HD DVD yeah. said no to porn, so Blu-ray won. <laughs> it's and it, you know if you look it up, it is actually that that reason because as much as a lot of people won't like to admit it, porn sells by the absolute bucket load because there's a bunch of perverts in the world, <laughs> <laughs> and it has that that capacity to really push hardware. But Dan. Uh, Mr. Our editor in chief brought up a good point: is that the companies that are currently pushing the hardware on a big, big scale, you've got Oculus, which is owned by Facebook. They're probably not going to get in on the whole porn thing. Valve, you never know because they've got some quite shady games on their platform. But then again, that's a conversation for another time because they just don't even look at the games they've got on their platform. They seemingly don't care. Um, so I mean, that's definitely a possibility. But I do think it's going to be a much more third-party thing. It's going to be a... I can see it, if, if it comes around, being a massive, massive industry, but will kind of be behind the scenes more than anything. It won't be at the forefront. Like porn now, you know, there's tons of it around, but you don't see it all the time. It will be behind the scenes. Maybe a third third-party company, possibly, you know, a Japanese or Chinese company will make specific hardware for it and it will become majorly popular. I don't think either of the the big two, as it were, will take on something of this scale. They're too much in the public's eye for it, to be honest. Yeah. So mm. they get that like that. A lot of children use their their hardware for for like playing fun games and like parents aren't going to want want to be kind <laughs> devices associated. Oh, that, that that that's being used for porn as well. Maybe my child will actively seek out how to, uh, how to use that as well for porn. But a lot uh, of people let their kids use the internet which yeah. which which will give them the same sort of access i guess well not physically you know in terms of yeah. what the vr proposition palmer lucky was trying to put through was this is a new know. level the internet yeah. vhs and dvd they've been the same kind of level of immersiveness Perhaps yeah you have storage and fidelity in that but this is a whole new level it's easy enough to call it a whole new medium but yes it's gonna there's nothing been nothing like this has happened before, and therefore we've got to rethink how everything works. Do you want to say revolutionise? I'm not going to use that buzzword, no. <laughs> I heard, yeah, it will be. But I mean, yeah, like I say, it's going to be a third party, probably coming out of Japan to make special. I mean, you can already get <sighs> VR headsets that are practically fully compatible with Vive and Oculus software for a lot cheaper oh. from China. So, it, you know, they already know how to make the technology. So it's it's not going to make take much, I think, to if Palm wants to do it to get one of these Chinese companies on on board to just pump out headsets for his particular brand of virtual skin. 
But anyway, interesting. <laughs> let's move away from this before we delve any deeper into the gutter. Yeah, we'll bow our heads and start mourning for the death of uh, the well, one the Nintendo Virtual Console, which is going to be shutting down in 2019. I think did they say, or is it 2018? Possibly. I think it's sometime 2018. I think I saw. Okay, and obviously the Xbox Live Indie. Is is shutting down as well. So there's going well, to be like hundreds, and hundreds of games that are just going to now be disappearing and not be able to get again. Unless, well, unless they've moved to a different platform, I guess. But. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I read it, but uh, brought up the point earlier that a lot of the big games you can now get on Steam, especially the the Xbox Live Indie games, the the WiiWare um, games. A lot of sort them of, didn't move yeah. anywhere else. They were sort of. All, all closed like tightly within their sort of yeah shop you know like Nintendo is or was at the time it was a very much a closed ecosystem so it was on their system yeah. it wasn't anywhere else but it's just going to be a shame because I mean I may or may not have every single bit of WiiWare available um, possibly got by legitimate means but that's not the point um, there are a lot of very very good games on there that no one's heard of <laughs> And is it going to be a, a, just a shame that they're all going to disappear? Well, th- there's still quite a bit of time for them before, like the Nintendo WiiWare still disappears. Uh, according to Nintendo, it'd be shutting down January thirty first, twenty nineteen. Oh, it was twenty nineteen. So, okay. Yeah, so so that's a good year and a bit away. I mean, it won't allow you to add points to your account from sort of uh, at, like early next year so you, you can't buy anything after sort of march time i guess um if it's the first part of the year like springtime i guess um so i guess people get a, better get buying really yeah and i mean that's the thing the, the difference with the WiiWare one is it's not like where games get taken off of steam whereas if you if you've bought them they are still technically on them. the server and you can re-download and this is these these services going you're not going to be able to connect to it again that's it's it dead and that's where I think the problem is. There's a fantastic game on there that I just found one day, and it was called Eduardo the Samurai Toaster. <laughs> and it is as mental as you as it sounds. It's a 2D platform, shoot them up, and you are a toaster. <laughs> but it's absolutely brilliant. But no one's heard of it, and no one's going to be able to play it after, you know, after about a year from now, which is a terrible, terrible shame. Yeah, because what happens if like you've downloaded all these games and as you yeah your your Nintendo Wii just dies and you want to play them again? You can't, can you? They're just gone, gone. No, they're gone. gone and it's forever. one of the it's one of the reasons where I've not, apart from Steam, which to be honest I can't see going anywhere anytime soon. No. I generally don't like downloading games because of stuff like this. Well, you've got the security of a physical copy, haven't you? So, like it. Even if like the servers die and everything, you can still sort of play the single player experience on a game and read out. Like you don't even have to re-download it, do you? So it's on. Disc. Yeah, exactly. You've got the disc. I mean, yeah, you might be stuck playing version one point of it before any DLC or updates came out, but you'll still be able to play the core game. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if the, I mean, the problem is with that with games of this day and age is that you'll probably be playing a completely broken unplayable version of the game that yeah, hasn't got as, that as day one with, patch uh, <laughs> yeah, as is with uh, most triple a titles now um yeah every, everything is to a schedule and then it's seen as being patched out when it's out in the wild already i guess um yeah it's, it's a bad way to develop games to be honest but uh, other than have you got any words to sound xbox indie because this is uh, a bit that, been, that being a big part of your life of as well your... Your one, I guess. You played more Xbox Indie, didn't you? Xbox Indie is really close to my heart. It's a real shame to see that go. That and the Xbox Live Arcade really, to me, brought indie games to consoles. I mean, obviously, they weren't even really called indie games before that big surge, The you know, the ones in Indie Game, the movie. Uh you know, before that, they weren't really known as indie games. They were just smaller games. You You... You'd play smaller games or flash games or whatever on PC all the time and think nothing of it. It didn't have a name. It wasn't a movement. It wasn't. It wasn't a new thing. And Xbox Live indie indie games introduced me to so many cool developers that I still kind of follow and stay in touch with. And and it 
it was the first time that such a diverse selection of games even as much as tributes to old games became available it, it was it was a flood of games when which you know even valve weren't allowing games on at the rate that they were launching on xbox live indie games and it had a trial system as well so all of a sudden i was it was like i was a kid again downloading demos and shareware builds and abandonware games because all of a sudden i had my five minute trial or whatever it was well wasn't that that was part of the agreement weren't it that every single game had to have a demo yeah exactly it was either a timer or the first level wasn't it most of the time i i think it was a timer every time in the end i think it was initially proposed as that but but yeah i think with the arcade games it was just a set demo and it had to be there but with the indie games it was on a timer and so that meant that you could download like no luca no and, <laughs> yeah, and oh, that game and and laser cat and super amazing wagon adventure and all of these games and play through you know five or six minutes and and then you'd be like oh i was but i was oh i was doing so well at that and then you know it's it's like a quid to buy this game that you've you've had this you know, you've had the experience of, I suppose, seeing your mate play it almost. It it was the same as going around a friend's house and seeing a game that you haven't seen before. And so it's it's going to be a shame to see that go. That was part of the reason why I wanted to start writing about games as well, because there were all of a sudden there were all of these games coming out and I had no idea what any of them were. So I was playing a whole bunch of them and I was enjoying this one and enjoying that one. But even though I worked selling games... Other people that I worked with who were these, you know, very knowledgeable people didn't didn't care for the Xbox Live indie game platform. And so it was almost a bit of a joke when I when I first started or when I when I was on the old site that I was on, that I'd sit there playing these these indie games, these these random indie games and 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 people were like, Oh, what's Dan playing this week? You know, was it Raid? By Silver Dollar, the the door kicking one, which was essentially quick time events. It was just stuff like that, and one finger death punch. And yeah, you was always playing random games during the podcast back then, weren't you? Yeah. Laser Cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I still hold that Laser Cat. I know I hadn't played Viva 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 V at the time, but Laser Cat was my Viva 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 V. We shall mourn ye. It's a we shame to mourn. see it go. I I honestly hope that they simply build a new way to access it i mean everything was made in xma anyway so it could be ported across to another platform it's just getting all the developers to do that which isn't necessarily fair on them but but yeah i mean even if some of them are still around yeah that's true i mean this is this is something that i had a brief little chat on on twitter with ryan about it's in a way in cases like this like like i said i've got every single WiiWare tile that there is available on a hard drive so i've got the games and i can still play those games on my wii when no one else will be able to so whereas some people might call me a criminal and a dirty filthy pirate i'm basically an archivist because i'm doing something that nintendo isn't yeah this is very true just where and i can yeah. guarantee you if you look in the right places you will find every xbox live arcade game somewhere out on the internet to put yeah. on to be put on a j tagged xbox no doubt yeah. it's pirates yeah. doing the good thing and did you at what point does it turn from something bad into now saving when do you stop taking away sales to now helping well actually this brings up an interesting point because there was a, an article that came out the other week where um a, a load of different companies that have been doing research on, on this kind of stuff have actually come together and said downloading games music and videos has no effect on the sales numbers at all oh wasn't that a hidden sort of uh, oh, yes. research uh, wasn't it yeah they've been, so they, apparently they've been doing it for years this one that they've been investigating for years and they've basically come to the fact that it affects nothing because most of the time the people that would download it or either weren't going to buy it in the, in the first place or go ahead and buy it when they can. Yeah, it's like um, when I first started playing like PC games, like I didn't have the money to go and buy all those games immediately. 
but like none of them offer none of them really started offering demos anymore so you yep. sort of try and gain it in uh, i don't know your mate had a copy or something that you you got off of him and you play it and it was like oh yeah this is really good it's a bit buggy obviously because i'm not playing a legit-ish version i guess but um if you liked it enough you would then want to buy it wouldn't you so if if you truly like that game then you would support the developer so and i have done in that case i have got games through illegitimate means and then gone and bought them myself because i've thought the i thought it was worth buying and sort of owning a copy that could be updated and not be so broken that every time you'd lose game saves i i see the point behind it yeah, like I do the same thing. Just, I mean, just like you say with the demos thing. Just, just recently, uh, the game Cuphead. Yeah. So, it was one of those games where I was worried that it was either just going to be all style over substance, and I wasn't going to enjoy it, and things like that. So I got a, a weird copy. I mean, thank, thank thank God they put it on GOG, so I didn't have to worry about any dodgy cracks. But I played it, didn't get on with it at all. So then I don't play it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I guess I've tried it, and now I don't have to waste my money, and I'm not disappointed by going, oh, well, I've, I've bought it, and now I'm out of money because I don't like it. So they well, did yeah. lose a sale then? Sorry? So they did lose a sale then? What do you mean? But only, yeah, but only because someone just didn't genuinely like their game. So I guess you didn't play it any further than what you I didn't like of it already. I haven't played it any more than I would. I, I, I'd still be able to get a Steam refund. Okay, yeah, no, that's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, this this whole piracy thing is a odd situation because it's, much like many things, a, a bit of a generalisation. I mean, my PlayStation 1 uh, and my Dreamcast collections were, you know, 90% pirated, and I <laughs> never turned around and bought those games. As a matter of fact, since then, I've probably downloaded ROMs for them, you know, half a dozen times each, but I've still not, you know bought those games but there are some games that i've bought after playing a demo but the games that i was playing when i didn't have money to i suppose that's your argument isn't it really because when i had a dreamcast i wasn't working so i'd never have paid money for those games but i got to play them instead anyway yeah it's yeah i mean it's, 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 yeah, it's a bit of a weird situation yeah. But I mean, yeah, my, my Steam list is full of old games that I had dodgy copies of ages ago. And I've just gone, oh, it's, it's like two quid. <laughs> oh, but I'll have that. That's, that's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, GOG had a sale recently as well, didn't they, with loads of old games on there. So yeah. I think uh, a lot of them were bought. And that's why I, I like GOG. I just lo- I love I love the fact that they just, get, they just go, no, DRM is rubbish. It doesn't help anyone. We're going to have none of that. De Novo, get oh, out I of here! I applaud them for it. Yeah, well, that—I mean, De Novo did well for a year, but now it's just pretty much a joke, like everything else. It doesn't what help that, anyone. What was that game where uh, where they said, "Oh yeah, if you can break the DRM," uh, Ryan, wasn't it? It was Ryan where they said, oh, "If you break the DRM, we can we'll release a DRM-free copy or something." I think they said. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, I, yeah, that's fair. I'd, at least they're being upfront about it because uh, they they know that that basically you know any kind of copy protection isn't going to work. They're just getting it out there. It just delays the inevitable. So they get yeah. it out there. So they get the day one sales, and then after that, they don't care. I mean, there are literally teams of people that just get together and hack the the absolute crap out of that until they yeah. find out how to break it. I mean, and so. to be honest, for a while it worked. Um, yeah. I think it was Rise of the Tomb Raider was the first major title that had Denuvo, and that took over a year. Yeah, but, but one, once Sonic you get Mania one game, took Sonic Mania took two days. Yeah, once you get one game that's had that, it's yeah. basically it's the same for every game. Exactly. I mean, even even the like previous DRM methods, like once you get it once, you've got it for most of them. So yeah, pretty much. But, anyway, we have kind of. Uh, swayed from the topic uh, so I think that's time to end the podcast so that's the end of episode 8 um, I'll say thank you to the two Dans no problem cheers and Toby thank you and we shall see you next week bye for now bye bye Ta-ta.